the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How you doing, Doc? Good, buddy. How are you today? I'm just fine, thanks. Full, you know. I haven't eaten since Thursday. <laughs> You're like a python once a month. <laughs> well, when you got Thanksgiving, you know, that's what you do. <laughs> well, we're, we're doing a show this morning. I'm Dr. Bill, your radio MD. We're coming at you on AM860, The Answer, and FM 93.7, also part of The Answer. And we're streaming live on Facebook and I think some other platforms. And you can reach me live on the Internet anywhere in the world. Just click listen live when you go to my website, drbillradiomd.com. That's drbillradiomd.com. Or you can go to the station website, which I think is theanswer.com. Is that right? Absolutely right. Yes, sir. And uh, and don't forget about uh, telemedicine and my toenail gel study for the fungus. We're still looking for a couple more people for that. We're getting some some customers coming in from the radio show. Appreciate that. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. We got a really cool new LED sign that we put up out in the uh, in front of the office. It's pretty awesome. Everybody's like, wow. <laughs> Those things are neat. And bright. Is a real, a real, real bright one? The LEDs are usually pretty bright. So, They're bright. I've, yeah. In fact, I've ordered a, a sensor from the factory uh, that will tone it down at night because some of the neighbors are complaining. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a residential neighborhood. Oh, my. <laughs> Guy across the street's not happy. <laughs> so it's commercial and residential, you know. What do yeah, you do? I know. So, uh, we went downtown for Thanksgiving to Cassis Restaurant, downtown St. Petersburg, and we had a wonderful dinner there. Nice restaurant. Uh, every other table inside was was uh, full, and uh, we had to get a reservation at 4.15 in the afternoon. That's the only reservation that we could get, so we took it. And they also had outside seating, but that was packed. And, you know, every outside table was taken. Sure. It wasn't bad, and uh, we had a nice, quiet Thanksgiving and a glass of wine. Uh, I hope everybody had a good good Thanksgiving holiday. It's one of my favorite holidays. I think it's a great time to be grateful for all that we have, and my gosh, what an affluent lifestyle we lead, and our good health, even in the face of this pandemic. And by the way, it, there's 81 deaths per 100,000 uh, November 27th, according to the CDC. Per 100,000 citizens, so the death rate's pretty low, really. But still, you know, you got to feel for some of the people who are dying uh, prematurely. By the way, how was your Thanksgiving, Ken? I didn't mean to hog the whole Thanksgiving wrap here. It was it was uh, interesting. Um, we uh, the family gathered in uh, Baxley, Georgia. Baxley, Georgia, brother-in-law's got a place up there, lots of land, wooded area, very nice. And so everybody kind of migrated there, uh, much of the clan from Florida, of course, so we were pretty close by. We always had some folks come down from New Jersey, and also my daughter came in from Chicago, 
and uh, everything was fine for about the first 12 hours, and all of a sudden, people started getting sick. I mean, sick, sick, you know what I mean? I can't eat anything kind of sick. I'm just going to go lay down, get out of the bathroom kind of sick. Loss of vomiting, diarrhea. Oh, man, and, 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 then, and then, of course, fear. You know, Fear just took over at that point. Because everybody's the coronavirus. It's, it's the it's the COVID. Everybody, we're 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 all going to die, and and I'm sitting there thinking, well, they just got here, and now two more people are sick. Like twelve hours later, I don't think COVID spreads that fast, and it's so no. I'm I was I wasn't too ups, too concerned about it. I think you people got the flu, is what I'm thinking, just well, a regular normal got, flu. Probably got the rotavirus. Uh, were there kids, little kids? Uh, no, no, not, not no, no. Actually, there were no little kids there. I don't. No, nothing. Uh, so anybody but, work in a daycare center or not that I know or? of? No, not that I know of. But there are and some they, who had children that they left with, like grandparents up in New Jersey and places like that. Oh, okay. So, so they're they're, they're around them, up. yeah. And probably my daughter got off the plane and she wasn't feeling real well, but we thought she hadn't eaten for a while, and it's, it's kind of a curvy road. She's known for getting nauseous in the car, so we thought maybe that was part of the problem for her. But then all of a sudden, my wife was sick. My, Mother-in-law was sick, and Friday, we were going to stay till like yesterday, and because uh, I had to be back here this morning. But everybody said uh, we're getting out of here on Friday. So, most likely thing to spread that fast would be uh, a virus, uh, you know, a rotavirus or one of the diarrhea-causing viruses. Yeah, that's they, what I figured. Because we talk so much here, <clears throat> we talk so much here about it. I wasn't that concerned, but we sent my daughter for a test yesterday, and she came back negative. So. Oh yeah, no, that's not that's not the COVID. No, no, it, it happened too quickly. Happened too quickly, and GI symptoms, although they do occur, they're they're very they're they're much less common because this is primarily a respiratory virus. So right, and I kept asking her, "Are you breathing okay? You, you have your taste, you have your smell." Yeah, I got all that, but <laughs> so, okay. Well, then I don't think you got the COVID, but we'll take you for the test anyway. So we did that. So it was a little hairy for, a little scary for some folks. Well, you know that that's uh, that's a big problem because people are scared. And uh, my next door neighbor Barb, her daughter has uh, rheumatoid arthritis and some autoimmune problems, and she's scared to death of everything. She's because she reads all this stuff in the lay press and listens to all these uh, weird uh, blogs and and uh, radio shows and talk shows, and so she's all upset about nanobots, which is. Uh, an evolving field in science. Nanobots are, are microscopic sized little, I guess you'd call them robots. I guess they're, they're little machines that are the size of red blood cells or maybe even smaller or a little bit larger. But red blood cells are pretty small. You know, your, your human hair is probably a thousand times thicker than a red blood cell. Yeah, you need a microscope to see a red blood cell, don't you? I mean, really, yeah. yeah. So these little nanobots, and so she's worried. Uh, apparently, she's heard that they can be self-replicating, which is something that uh, scientists had brought up in, in past years, and that if they are self-replicating, that they could consume all of the resources on Earth and that we would no longer be here if they got loose and, and started doing that. But you know, you got to remember these things are made by us so we can make them the way we want. She was also concerned about heavy metals. And uh, it's true, Ken, that they do use heavy metals in, in some of the nanobots. But they're such microscopic amounts that they pose little or no threat. 
Uh, you know, they use everything from gold to uh, silver to titanium to uh, copper. And all kinds of different things can be used. But here's the big question. How do these things get powered? Do you know? I have no idea. No. How would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the piezoelectric effect is? I'm not familiar with that. No. What is that? Okay. That is the production of electricity from pressure on certain materials like quartz and diamonds. And uh, you know where we use that. Now, you're, you're a radio guy. You know what a piezo amplifier pickup is? Mm-hmm. P- a piezo pickup is a pickup on an electric guitar, guitar or an electric fiddle or some other stringed instrument. And uh, these are little thin pieces of, of uh, crystal, quartz or whatever. And uh, when there is a sound wave that strikes them, then they release a certain number of electrons. And uh, those electrons are picked up and they're amplified. And the, the system turns it into a sound. Uh, and that's a piezoelectric pickup. And so what the scientists are trying to do is make these nanobots, uh, make their shell out of uh, real thin uh, sheets of diamonds. So then when there is a pressure applied to this, it produces electrons and the electrons drive the little electric engines and they have little flagella and little spinning motors and all kinds of cool things. And they can deliver medications into certain cells. They can be programmed to uh, act like uh, an antibody and attach themselves to certain cells. So they'll only fit into one type of cell, say a cancer cell. And, you know, we know that the genetics of cancer is different from our regular body chemistry, our regular genetics. And this is how they're programmed to attach to a cell. And then they can inject uh, a lethal dose of some chemotherapeutic agent and kill the cell. Pretty cool. Yeah. Can they help me remember where I put my keys? They can. In fact, (laughs) uh, that is probably going to be one of the main areas of research. Alzheimer's and things like that. Yeah. 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 Alzheimer's and things like that. And repairing, uh, delivering vaccines, repairing damaged tissues, dermatology, uh, repairing damaged tissue and and giving you, uh, you know, rejuvenation, a facelift or eating up uh, cancer cells uh, like a skin cancer. So nanobots are the fountain of youth that we finally found the fountain of youth? Well, it's it's one of the keys. But, you know, people are scared to death of it. They're scared of new technology. Right. And, you know, you and I were talking about... uh, the, the vaccine for the COVID virus, and you said that some of your family doesn't want to get it. <laughs> so, In fact, yeah, I, I, talking to my brother, wish I wish he didn't come down. So I was talking to him up in, over the weekend. I said, say, you know, you're going to get the virus, when the, the vaccine when it comes down. He said, well, I don't know about this. And, and my daughter, who uh, lives down here, also said to me the other day that she didn't think she was going to get it. And, the, and the, the striking thing is these are only two people in the family with a master's degrees. And I don't know if there's a correlation there, but you would think... <laughs> <laughs> you would think that they would jump at this, but no, they're both want to wait and see how it goes. So, what's their master's in? Uh, child development for my daughter and finance for my brother. Oh well, you know, child development—they're scared of everything, aren't they? I, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. I mean, you know, they're dealing with kids. It's like we laugh about the pediatricians. They—they don't want to treat anything anymore. You know. <laughs> 
oh, I think this is just a cold. You'll get over it. And, you know, the kid goes home with an earache and cries all night. But Yeah, it's just two poor people. I don't have to push out a line. You know what I mean? So that's fine. Mm-hmm. So at any rate, I think the fear is, is uh, although it's real, you know, emotions are real, although they're not always accurate. In fact, they're rarely accurate. And I use the, uh, I use the metaphor of the, the guy that cuts me off on my way into work. And, of course, I get mad and try and cut him off. And hmm. It's a fear reaction and then anger. And uh, it's not really him that I'm upset with. It's uh, my well-being has been threatened, and I'm afraid I'm going to be late for work. And uh, he may not have even known that he did anything. Or he may have had some other problems, or he may be crazy, and I don't need to mess with him. But, you know, that True. that's the kind of thing right. that we react to, and it doesn't really mean that we hate that guy and we want to kill him. It means that we're scared, and our reaction to fear is uh, anger a lot of times, especially if it's a, a surprise situation. You know, when somebody scares you to death, what do you do? You yell and you get mad at him. Don't do that again. And uh, so that that's part of our human People Nature. tend to project the worst. Yeah, and you know some of that is a defense mechanism because if if you don't know about something and you're you're not familiar with it, uh, most of us will step back and say, "Hmm, let me take a look at this." I'll use caution, which is you know the baby form of fear. And uh, so there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of of our human nature that's involved in this. And so we have to continually reassure people and we have to do the research. And I think this is what the Democrats, besides wanting to get elected and make a big deal out of it, I think a lot of them really are afraid. They're afraid of, of, of new technology and they're, uh, they're, they're afraid that uh, somebody's messing with this vaccine, Trump or somebody, to uh, harm them and take advantage of them. And of course, it's ridiculous because these things are developed by and pharmaceutical companies and researchers who generally are just in it either for pure knowledge or money, and uh, they don't want to do anything that's that's harmful because it's going to interfere with their bottom line or their ability to do future research. So they're not, they're not going to take over our brains and turn us all into robots. Well, um, I'm, I'm working on uh, when I get the vaccine. I'm I'm, I'm working on some stick-on uh, S protein spikes. I'm going to put them all over my head and face. <laughs> You're really? Okay. <laughs> quite the look the there, Doc. Quite the look. It, yeah, and people are going to say, oh, you got the vaccine, I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it all right. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to steal yeah. that from you, Doc. I'll be no. using that again. <laughs> yeah, you can use that. And hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll fall off eventually. I'll just use some, you know, some Elmer's glue and. Should come off in a few showers. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't put that on the internet because it'll go viral and no one will take the vaccine. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great idea. I love the I love the gag. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and my son, who hates needles and uh, is uh, is always questioning anything medical, he called and he said, "Dad, when you get it, get me a dose too. I want it right away." What a guy! So, yeah, I'm. Get me one too, Doc. Fit me in where you can. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get it. Everybody's gonna get behind me. We're gonna we're gonna have like a scrum and push our way right into the <laughs> vaccination center. <laughs> Wear your hel- helmet and your padding, and let's like, charge. At the front line of the 85 bears, we're just gonna go right through. That's right. So we're gonna go right through. 
Refrigerator Jones. You remember him? Perry. Refrigerator Perry. Perry. Perry that's, that's right. Him. I remember him, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Scored a touchdown in the 85. We're, we're In Chicago, we're still obsessed with 1985 because we don't have anything else. Well, that was a great year for you guys. That was the only great year. <laughs> so, till the Cubs won the World Series, that was a pretty much it. It was a long wait. It was a long wait. What was it, 100 years? Uh, for the Cubs, it was 100 years for that one, yeah. yeah Sox won amazing. it a couple of times, but for the Cubs, yeah. And I'm a Cub fan <clears throat> and have been since uh, the age of eight, you know. So. Well, do you miss George Hallis? That's what I really want to know. Uh, I miss Mike Ditka. Mike Ditka was quite a guy. He was so emotional. Talk about emotions. Oh, man, he'd jump up and down on the sidelines oh. and cuss. And... <laughs> he'd grab players by the face mask and just start screaming at them. I oh, know. <laughs> In fact, I have a picture of um, Iron Mike uh, giving me a rude <laughs> a rude gesture with his hand, <laughs> following a loss. <laughs> hey, Mike, can I take your picture? Eh, take this. <laughs> whole flock of them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, at any rate, the... <clears throat> These nanobots are—they're uh, interesting. They're made up of, if you believe it, of, of uh, diamonds. The shells are diamonds. Uh, it could be made of glass and cobalt. Cobalt, as you know, is impregnated into glass and gives you different colors. Um, <clears throat> artificial bacterial flagellum—you know, the little tails on the bacteria that wiggle and move the bacteria around. They're—they're mm-hmm. they're making these things: indium, gallium, arsenic. Chromium, nickel, gold, and uh, heavy metals to make these things. Pretty cool. How do they make these? They're so small. How do you make something like that? It boggles my mind what they can it do. It does. It's, it's really fascinating. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's organic chemistry and um, inorganic chemistry mixed uh, because with carbon, you can manipulate carbon to make all kinds of different forms. You probably don't know what a buckyball is. I do not know what a buckyball is. What is a buckyball? A buckyball, also called a fullerene, is carbon-60, C60, and it's uh, a bunch of interlocking uh, hedrons, tetrahedrons and polyhedrons, that form what looks like a soccer ball. Now, they're named buckyballs because Buckminster Fuller was a scientist, engineer, designer back in the 60s and 70s. Um, 50s, 60s, and 70s, and he developed the geodesic dome. You remember that? That I remember, sure. Now, this was supposed to be, and probably still is, a very uh, sturdy uh, structural form. And so uh, somebody realized that there was a a weird uh, carbon material that was composed of 60 carbon atoms, which is pretty small. And so it took them a few years to figure it out, but apparently... Uh, somebody in the lab had cooked this up accidentally, and it's shaped like a soccer ball, only it's, you know, atomic in size because it's only 60 atoms, which is really, really small. I mean, the only way they could image it would be with an electron microscope because electrons are smaller than atoms, and you can bounce them off of a structure and get some idea of what it looks like. So they named it after Buckminster Fuller, although his geodesic dome really wasn't... uh, exactly that structure but it was close enough and the two guys that were uh conferring back and forth one american scientist and one english scientist and i think a european scientist one of them said the american guy was saying i I can't figure out what this thing will look like and the european guy said 
don't you guys have soccer over there? In the <laughs> <States>? <laughs> it looks like a soccer ball. And so that's that's one of the things that uh, came out of the organic chemistry lab. And we now know that this occurs in nature naturally. We've been able to see it in, in starbursts, you know, in, in supernovae. So at any rate, you can take carbon and you can form it into an infinite number of designs. And uh, it depends on how you how you line it up and they bond. Uh, the carbons like to bond to each other. They, they're, we're made of carbon. The majority of our structure is oxygen and carbon. And so when you look at your skin, basically you're looking at a lot of, of carbon. When you look at your bones, there's, of course, calcium in the bones. But the, the framework has also got carbon in it. And uh, when you look at plastic, you're looking at carbon. When you look at nylon, you're looking at carbon. When you're, I, almost everything that we have now is carbon-based. So these things can be manipulated into different shapes. And how they get the engines inside and, and, and do all the things they do is just pretty amazing. But think of it like a computer chip. I mean, one little switch in a computer will let one electron through. Now, that to me is mind-boggling. How can you make something so small? You know what they do is they use, they use lasers to print the uh, the computer chips to print the little channels for the electrons to flow through. So if you can get a laser that's you know a, a couple of light waves thick, you can get a pretty small little piece of material. And that's pretty cool. That's it, pretty it, cool. It does boggle the mind when you think about it. Yeah, and I'm so, glad I didn't have to do that project because it, you know. Yeah, but you know, it brings up what are the most important uh, scientific discoveries of the past thousand years. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to wonder. Uh, the scientists are going to talk about different things, their areas of, of expertise or their areas of interest, and uh, you know, lasers have got to be one of the greatest inventions uh, or discoveries. I won't say invention, discoveries. Uh, in our lifetime and one of the greatest discoveries of the past millennia. Um, but let me ask you this, and I'll ask everybody out there uh, if they have a favorite scientific or intellectual invention, and you can give us a call at 877-969-8600, 877-969-8600, and we'll hear what you think. And also, we'll give you a mug if we can remember your name and address. Now, <laughs> Can, can, I have been known not down. to write that down, so make sure you write say, it down write and it down. email yeah. me that. <laughs> email me or text me that. And if oh, by the way, anybody who I promised a mug and you haven't gotten one, call Ken this morning and <laughs> yeah. give him your name and address. We'll take again, care so of that for him. you. Yeah, we'll get we'll take care of that. But uh, you know, one of the things that amazed me when I was looking at this and seeing what what the scientists and what the thinkers thought one of the greatest inventions of all times was, was anesthesia for surgery. Got to be right up there. You're right. Sure. I thought, what a bunch of wimps. Just get, <laughs> get just, that gallbladder out of the way. Give a shot of whiskey and take it out of there. Yeah, yeah. shut up. Quit whining. <laughs> Lay down. <laughs> a lot of people but would you, say television. Yeah, television. Radio, the uh, whole communication thing. The whole communication, uh, telephone course it all goes back to what electrons electricity exactly yeah i mean it's all about electricity and uh these little 
these little nanobots, these little microscopic machines that we're now inventing. And they, by the way, they are, they are here now. We're not using them outside of the, as far as I know, outside of the laboratory, but uh, you've got a whole industry that's booming and growing up around this. And there's three or four startup companies in Europe that are dedicated to making uh, nanobots for healthcare purposes. So if you're saying, I got some, so if I got some um, extra money to invest, this would be a good place to put it probably. Yeah, and the, you know the uh, the electric cars. Uh, it's not too late to get in on that, but boy, they have been bid way up. Have you seen how much Tesla stock has gone up? I have not, but I bet, uh, bet it's, it's way up right now. I think I think my wife made fifty grand on it this, this really? spring. Really? She got Jeez. in early, huh? Okay. Well, she got in late. I mean, early would have been five or ten years ago, but <clears throat> never too late. Now, whether or not they're going to make a profit for a while, I don't know. But apparently, they think they are. And uh, well, it, it, it's, it's, even even GM, they're all going to go that way eventually. They're all going yeah. that way. And and I see where uh, Berkshire Hathaway, where uh, Warren Buffett, they have invested twenty five percent in one of the big Chinese electric car manufacturers, because China has uh, mandated that I think by twenty thirty they're going to be all electric. They're going to get rid of all their gas cars. Hmm. Okay, well, environmentalists are pushing that real hard. So, well, and yeah, and you know the the uh, this this green pact. What was it? The Paris Accord. They've been pushing the Chinese. The whole world has been pushing them because of the size of the country and the number of people that are now driving. Uh, that uh, they're one of the biggest polluters. So the question again comes up: uh, At what point does our technology overwhelm us, eat up all of our resources? and pollute our planet to the point where we can't survive here anymore. Uh, and there's a curve that says you'll reach an apex, and then when we're affluent enough, which we apparently are at this point, we will start to think about the ecology of our technology and start to work on that and apply our technology to cleaning up the planet. Will we run out of resources? That's the other question. So the industrial age is coming to an end. Well, I think that it's going to a nano age. Uh, you know, the, mm -hmm. the industrial age for humans may be ending, but robots will still do some of the work. And we may be able to build things from uh, nanobots. And they actually have self-replicating nanobots that they look like little Legos that they can reconform their, their shape and size and uh, it can be made into anything you want uh, just by telling them, giving them a program, uh, you know, electronic program. And uh, space stations can be built uh, from uh, nanobots and nanites uh, so that you don't need the, you don't have to haul out to the, uh, to the outer atmosphere and around the earth. You don't have to haul out structural pieces like I-beams and, and aluminum and all that. You can just take raw materials up there and let the nanobots build what you want. Which is pretty fascinating. Cool. Yes, yeah. these will be the things we start sending in the nuclear power plants to fix those in the middle. If you want to, the, if, you have to, exactly to, if you have to get to the core, you know, you send in the nanobots. That's one of the applications: is to send them in to repair nuclear power plants, uh, uh, hazardous situations. Uh, you know, they could be programmed uh, to clean up oil spills. They could gobble up oil spills and then be retrieved. The oil spills could be contained within. Uh, a carbon 
structure or a, and by the way, diamonds are carbon, right? That sure are, yes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just carbon. They're carbon structures. So they can be contained within a carbon structure and uh, clean up the environment in a hurry. They can be used to pick up plastics in the ocean. A lot they of good be, uses coming their way, I guess. Yeah, they can be used mm-hmm. to eat up plastic. They can be used in, in, uh, in uh, garbage dumps to eat up the material there and digest it. I mean, there's a ton of things that we can do with them. But can they and, play a commercial, Doc? That's my question. You know, they can, and here comes one now. This is the Dr. <laughs> Bill Nano commercial, and I'll be right back. Don't you go away. We're just grabbing a cup of joe. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. <laughs> With SRN News, I am Michael Harrington in Washington. Afghan officials say at least 34 people are dead today in two separate suicide bombings in eastern Ghanazi province. 31 soldiers were killed, 24 wounded when an attacker drove a military Humvee full of explosives onto an army commando base before detonating it. In southern Afghanistan, a suicide car bomber targeted the convoy of a provincial council chief. No immediate claims of responsibility. Nigerian officials say suspected members of ISIS and the militant group Boko Haram have killed at least 40 rice farmers and fishermen while they were harvesting crops in northern Borno State today. And French churches, mosques, and synagogues will open the doors again to worshipers, but only a few of them as France cautiously starts reopening after a second coronavirus lockdown. Churches want to open as soon as possible. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an in-office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser. Doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. 
I think this stuff works. I don't seem to have the highs and the lows. You know how sometimes you get real slow and low during the day? And I'm a type A guy, so I go a lot. And I'm more alert, and it seems like I don't seem to feel famished. And it's not very expensive. And the idea of having that freeze-dried or that nutrient in that capsule, and who's going to eat all those vegetables? You know, most of us don't eat right anyway. So whatever the science behind this, I think Donald the Nature is a great idea. And I'm going to probably stay with it until I drop. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code RESULTS. Take AM860, The Answer, with you wherever you go with our mobile app, theanswertampa.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at radio.com. Mike Gallagher reacts to the 2020 election. The prediction that Democrats were going to sweep across America with a big blue tsunami, it didn't happen. Democrats, never Trumpers, they're all mortified. They don't know what went wrong. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9 on AM860, The Answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Mostly cloudy skies for today with a high of 81. Tonight, partly cloudy and warm with a late night shower and a low 71. Monday, mainly cloudy and breezy with showers and a high of 73. Monday night, areas of low clouds with a low of 50. And sunny on Tuesday with a high 60. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. We're doing a radio show, Dr. Bill Radio MD. I'm at 727-384-6411. If you want to join the practice or be involved in my toenail gel study to kill toenail fungus. How's that, how's that going, by the way? Yeah, It's going really well. I've, I've got, I think we need about four or five more uh, subjects, uh, humanoids, and uh, I think we'll have it. And then I'm I'm going to ask the FDA if I can cut it off at three months instead of six months because there's absolutely no uptake of the uh, of the anti-inflammatory medication in my in my gel. So, it, you know, it's it's just so benign. It's unbelievable. I mean, if you have an allergy to the antifungal or the anti-inflammatories, then it's not for you. But for the overwhelming majority of people with the toenail problem, it, it works and. Uh, when you use a, a little abrader, like a little Dremel tool, you know, like they use for for tr- uh, trimming down the the toenails of the nails of pets, dogs, and cats. Sure, yeah. That it's it really really speeds up the process too, and uh, you know, cheap cheap to make, and I'm going to sell it at a good price at nineteen ninety five. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> Order now and get two. <laughs> you know, buy, buy one, get one free. <laughs> It'll last you for a year. A whole two will last forever. I've been using it on other things, too. Ken, I used it on, I had like a little rash on my back. I put it on that and got rid of it. <laughs> really? No kidding. <laughs> and uh, I've had people tell me they had little fungal rashes and they used it. And they got, of course, it's an antifungal. Um, 
so I think there's different. There's going to be different uses for it, but of course you can't. You can't. Uh, the study is that. for toenails, right? Yeah, it's in the off-label uses are are not. Uh, I mean that that's after you get approval. So we got to get approval before we can market it widespread around the world. I can sell it through the practice as a compounded agent right now, but uh, I you know I don't want the. I don't want the headache of a few sales here and there. I would rather get the darn thing approved, and then we can really push it at a national and international scale. And then, you know, I'll have a bigger show than Mike Gallagher. We'll be all over. You'll be with me. Well, maybe uh, Pfizer will come calling and just want to buy you out for a billion dollars. No, I don't think so. But yeah, you never know. <laughs> you, well, you never know. I guess that they could give me a job. <laughs> Keep me busy. <laughs> well, if you do the national radio show, I'm your guy, so let me know. We're, we're in. I'm down. And Joe wants to be involved, too, so he'll be our, our, uh, he'll be our technical guy. Good, because we're going to need somebody. You know me. I'm not letting you loose in the studio without Joe behind you. <laughs> I can talk on this microphone thingy, but uh, the rest of the buttons are all foreign. Yeah, they're all foreign. <laughs> So at any rate, we were talking about nanobots and uh, people afraid of them, and some of the some of the fears. Uh, you know, they're they're not unfounded. I mean, think of the X-rays when they were first uh, discovered and put into medical use back at the turn of the nineteenth century. Hey, I'm still scared of X-rays. You go in a place and then somebody says, "Okay, you sit here. I'm going to go behind this lead wall." Say, <laughs> 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 well, wait a minute now. But, but that's know, only because they're in there all day. That's why they do that. Well, that and do you know that the the X-ray machines, are, the tubes are so well uh, focused now that you could probably stand three feet away from a, an X-ray machine and uh, for an inordinate period of time and not really get any any significant uh, radiation. The 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 big radiation doses come from the cardiologist and the radiologist who do interventions who are putting the, the, the catheters inside of you and, you know, your, your arteries ballooning them open and, and uh, putting in the stents and all that because it's a fluoroscopy machine, which means that it's a, you have to see what you're doing. So you have to have some visualization. So you're, you're constantly, you're constantly on. And one of the big problems in medicine for these guys is to learn to work quickly so that they have minimal exposure and the technicians, but everybody wears lead aprons in that setting. Yeah. I, I, I have a stent and I, I, I was actually able to watch the entire process on the screen. Yeah. Uh, and the, uh, the theory of hormesis is uh, a theory that says that increased chronic low level radiation, background radiation is actually protective against all diseases except trauma. And there's some science to this too, so that radiologists, cardiologists, uh, people who work inside nuclear plants around the containment, around the uh, cooling baths, all these people who have its increased low levels of radiation constantly bombarding them seem to have less disease all the way around. And but the there's a tipping thing, point when it starts to damage the cells. Perhaps, but uh, who who knows about that? A lot of a lot of the material that we have and a lot of the regulations we have are based on projections from 
the, uh, the atomic attack of Japan and on the nuclear test in the 1950s. And a lot of it is, is baloney. I mean, it's blown out of way out of proportion. Uh, you got to remember now those people were in, they were not only in direct contact, they were coated with radioactive dust right. and ingesting it. So we're talking about infinitesimally small amounts of radiation. Uh, you know, an x-ray is probably like taking an airplane ride from New York to L.A. So when Chernobyl blew up, the entire town had to be evacuated because there was radiation falling everywhere probably back, yeah. back in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that you know, you realize now that that, that town was evacuated two days before the plant actually blew up. That I didn't know. Yes, and do you know what kind of a, an explosion it was? Uh, I do not, again. It was uh, a thermal explosion. The, the core melted down, and it melted through the crust of the earth, and when it hit a water pocket, kaboom. Hmm. It superheated that, so it was a giant steam explosion. So they had, they, had a, they had some... Uh, some warning it was coming, I guess. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, they, you know, the switches got stuck and uh, they couldn't get the rods in and out. And so when you, when you have a nuclear reactor, you have rods that are radioactive, like of uranium 235. And then you have other rods of heavy metals uh, that are between them. And the, the way that you can manipulate that is you can push these rods in and out of the, out of the reactor core. And so you can heat it up, and then you can slow it down if it gets too hot. And so somebody uh, made a mistake, or there was some design flaw. You know, you don't put that kind of technology in the hands of the Russians. That's crazy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, these people didn't even have zippers until the 1970s. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I had a friend that was over there in the 60s. He said, "I'm not worried about the Russians. They still button their pants up." <laughs> well, I don't want their vaccine. Then, thank you. No. Well, they just bought it from AstraZeneca. It's, they didn't develop it. <clears throat> bought it or stole it, probably. Oh, they bought it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> With money they stole from you and me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and and from, I think Biden helped him. I think he gave him some of uh, Trump's money. And... <laughs> but the, uh, you know, this whole thing of, of fear of new technology Think of how people reacted when they saw the first uh, gasoline engine and the noise it made. I'm sure it scared the hell out of a lot of people. Oh, sure. And, uh, you know, think of electricity. Well, think people the... wouldn't even turn on lights for a long time. Yeah, they were scared to death because of the lack of uh, adequate safety measures. I don't remember who was at the White House at the time, but I do know that he had his staff turn on the lights. Because he didn't want to touch the switch. He figured he was going to die. I forgot who that president was at the time. Probably Grover Cleveland. Could have been. Could have been him. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's really, uh, it's it's an amazing uh, world, and technology has changed us and made our lives better and made us healthier and live happier, longer lives. Now you say, well, yeah, but people die from new technology. Okay. Well, you know, people die in car accidents. That That was new technology, but we're, as we've pointed out before, mitigating that with seat belts and airbags and anti-locking brake systems and uh you know all kinds of things and this is this is what we do no time in history has been as affluent and as healthy as today no time in history never i mean you think about how we lived when we were kids that's what 70 years ago when i was born 
Let's think of 100 years ago. Think of before antibiotics, before blood transfusions, all these things that have come along. So I, I think that we have to use some, some caution and have some uh, oversight of the use of nanobots and the production of nanobots. But uh, I don't think that we need to fear. Uh, I don't think this is an existential threat to, to our, our species. Uh, you know, I used to argue with people all the time. They'd say, oh, back in the 50s and 60s, we're going to die from radiation sickness from all these nuclear power plants you're putting up. <laughs> I told them, I said, no, we're going to die from our own hydrocarbon waste, yeah. which, which is basically what everybody's afraid of now is the, the, the greenhouse effect. And, and you say, well, is that carbon-based? Well, carbon dioxide, yeah, that's a byproduct of combustion of burning gasoline or sugar or any other uh, long-chain carbon with oxygen. But you know what the number one greenhouse gas is? What's that? Take a, take a guess. Um, number one greenhouse gas? Yep. Traps more heat that, than anything else. I'll give you three CO2? choices. Is that CO2? You got carbon dioxide, you got methane, and you got water. Take your pick. What Water, I guess. Oh. Water. Yeah, we got more more water than anything in there. In yep. the air. Yeah, and it, it it's uh, you know oxygen is a big molecule and it, it it likes to suck up electrons from everybody else and uh, it makes a, a good barrier and it, you you can't get the heat out. You know the you know why the sky's blue. Traps the water. Well, because and it reflects the, the blue light. It, it grabs the blue light or something like that, if I remember from seventh grade. The blue light actually makes it through because it's shorter wavelength. The longer red lights, they get caught by water molecules and, and, and dust in the atmosphere. And uh, so that's why our sky is blue, because the blue gets through. Pretty right. cool. I remember some of that from high, from uh, seventh grade, <laughs> yeah. I think. <laughs> Did that why... Uh, now, on Mars, it's orange or red because there's no blockage. There's no blockage, and, and the, the surface is mostly iron, and so it reflects back. Uh, what we see is the reflection of, of the red light that comes out, the red, red wavelength that comes off of the reflection of the surface of Mars because there's no atmosphere. So, so the, moral, is, the moral story of all this, is, Doc, is don't be afraid of the vaccine. Go get it. Get the vaccine. Wear your mask. And, and don't be afraid of these things. Look, the amount of, of uh, heavy metals that will be used in these things is so minute. We've all got trace amounts of arsenic and everything else in us just from living in the atmosphere we live in. You know, the, the main thing that we're worried about in medicine is, is not uh, trace heavy metals like gallium and chromium and all that. It's, it's lead. Lead is still a big problem around the world. And uh, it's just been in our lifetime that we were able to get lead out of gasoline, to uh, get lead out of paint, and to do all these things to decrease the amount of lead in the atmosphere so that it, it protects us. But we still have, all of us have, trace amounts of lead because lead's used in so many uh, productions and pathways and chemical reactions. And uh, there's just minute amount that escape into the atmosphere, and there's no way you're going get, to get it out of your body. And that's what these uh, water filter companies are all banking on, is that you're scared to death. Give me a break. Mm. All right. Listen to the doc. Don't take your medical advice off the Internet. That's my advice. Yeah, and I think that that uh, 
Fear is, is healthy. Uh, I mean, x-rays were used indiscriminately in the first half of the 20th century until we figured out, well, if you x-ray every kid's foot who comes in for a new shoe, uh, that may cause some problems. And, and there were a lot of radiologists back in the old days, and their fingers were essentially burnt off by the time they were <laughs> done with their careers because they were sticking their hands in the fields to hold patients down and, and inject things and manipulate things. But, you know, that's, that's a small price to pay for the, the tremendous benefits that radiology and uh, x-ray has brought into our lives. My goodness gracious, think of the billions of people who have been helped by x-rays. Sure. So, you know, there's a sacrifice there, and that, that happens. But uh, all of the great breakthroughs in history have, have come at a cost. Uh, it doesn't mean that you don't do it. We can't live in a bubble. Well, well you were talking about anesthetics, and uh, back in the Civil War, they just lobbed off the leg. I mean, that's it. They put a you know, rag in your mouth, and you bit on that, and they just sawed off the leg. So things are better today, folks, because of technology. Yeah, that was no fun. Yep. Uh, actually, uh, anesthesia was invented before or discovered before uh, the Civil War, but the problem was that uh, there just wasn't enough anesthetics around so when you were out in the field and you had thousands of guys being brought in on stretchers it was just you know it was meatball medicine uh, they their leg was half blown off and they were bleeding to death so what'd you do you put a tourniquet around it and chopped it off and you know ligated the bleeders and uh, put a flap of skin over it and what are you going to do i imagine you pass out from the pain so yeah and uh, you know but things are better today, see? How things are better. Technology has improved our lives. That's right. And you, you think of all the things. I mean, think of the, the, the tremendous growth in technology just in the past 200 years since uh, the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. I mean, our lifestyle between uh, the, the birth of Christ and, and 1790, uh, which was the really the beginning of the, of the Industrial Revolution, the the income of human beings on average changed little if any uh, the the lifestyles were 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 uh, often pretty much the same as they were in the time of Christ very rural and, very agricultural sure and and uh, you know the medicine was uh, was about the same there were there were new technologies and new discoveries coming along but they weren't in widespread use and, but you think of the late teen uh, late uh, 18th century, when the Industrial Revolution started, uh, from then, the curve just, it's, it's logarithmic. I mean, it just goes almost straight up. Uh, the standard of living, the uh, income per capita, the health, the longevity, the infant mortality dropped down to zero. I mean, my goodness gracious. So we need to look at this and uh, use our brains and, and, and not let emotion course we say that right now and not let emotions overwhelm us and half the population hates trump so much that they, <laughs> they voted this guy this crazy loony uh what's his name biden in well don't let fear run your life that's my advice don't let fear run your life by the way what's going on with the president and his uh his lawsuits i think there's uh well they're, they're starting to filter up to the supreme court now so we'll see what happens there yeah, and I saw the Supreme Court uh, blog, and it's pretty interesting. They're following about 10 or 15 of these 
so-called uh, lawsuits that are going on. And I, uh, I, th I think that they're probably going to take up some of them, but when that's going to happen, I don't know. Yeah. Well, got to win uh, Georgia. Both those seats in Georgia are a must win. Yeah, that's a must win. So even though everybody's discouraged and Ian's probably still a little upset, uh, if you live in Georgia or if you can register to vote in Georgia, please go go vote for for the, our Republican senators that are running up there. That's more importante. Yeah, it's it's a check. It's a it's a, it's a check. It keeps everybody in line, you know. Yeah, and I I think that we have to not give up, and we have to realize that we do have the, the ability to affect the present and the future. And I, I'm not uh, at all worried about us coming back. I think the conservative movement is here to stay. Uh, I think this is a cyclical thing to a certain degree, but uh, there's a lot more science out now that backs up what we say and feel and think. And uh, I know that people attack conservatives and think they're all religious nuts and gun-toting, Bible-toting rednecks, right? Isn't that what they think? Uh, that's uh, probably some people, certainly. I know I was accused of that in the lunchroom by one of the doctors. And I mean, I, I don't believe in God in the, in the way that, you know, an anthropomorphic God that looks like me and has some uh, active part in my life on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that there's, there's certainly some primal moving force. And, but, you know, even that, you have to say, well, who made God? If God made the universe, who made God? Don't know. These are questions that are really beyond my uh, comprehension. So just lead a good life. But I do think that understanding conservative movement, conservative values is important, and there is science behind it. I mean, just look at uh, look at the nuclear family. Look how that has the, the degradation and destruction of the nuclear family has added so many problems to our society. And now people are coming back to that and saying, you know what? Parents are important. Two parents are important. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not afraid uh, of the future, and I'm not afraid of one setback here with the presidential election, but we do need to get those seats in Georgia. So if you've got family, you got family up there, Ken. I have in-laws up there, yes. Tell them to vote. Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. Oh, they will. Well, you know what? I'm not sure if they're illegal in Georgia or Florida because they, it's kind of a, a second residence. But if, oh. you, if you are in Georgia and you can hear us, vote. <laughs> please vote please vote all right getting to the end of the show uh, thank everybody for being with us and i'm still waiting for barb to come back with our closing that she was supposed to have done by the corporate people and i am dr bill your radio md 727-384-6411 727-384-6411 don't forget to join me every sunday we always have something good to talk about we got about a minute left if you want to give that phone number one more time all right, it's 727-384-6411. And by the way, we do telemedicine, and Ken's done that. Oh, absolutely. I love it. Love telemedicine. It's easy. One of my buddies in, in, down in New Mexico, he's a patient, so he wants to have a visit, but he doesn't want to fly back here for, for his annual, so we're going to do it over telemedicine. He's going to get all of his lab and x-rays and everything done down in New Mexico, and then 
get them to me and then we're going to have a chit chat on the internet. Pretty cool. So, so I, I think that it's a, it's a new technology that's going to change the way we practice medicine and maybe doctors won't be needed as much. We'll get robots to actually be there for us on, on telemedicine so that you can talk to Billy the robot. And we also have the nail gel study, which I want you know, guys to think about and anybody who wants to join it, come on into the office, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Thanks for being with us. Love you guys. See you next week, Ken. Thank you.